I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Hey there. Ever wonder what happens to all those amazing screenplays that never make it to the big screen? Well, wonder no more. Welcome to Table Read Podcast, where we bring those undiscovered gems to life. Picture this. Talented actors giving incredible performances with the occasional laugh or blooper thrown in, produced by award-winning pros. From drama to comedy, TV pilots to feature films, there's something for everyone. And guess what? We release new episodes every week, so don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Table Read Podcast, where great stories finally get their chance to shine. and welcome back to another episode of Thanks for Coming In. I'm your host, Jillian Clare. It has been a while. Um, I'm very sorry. You know, I went on vacation. Um, I went to New York for, I don't know, nine days. uh, And I saw my best friend and it was incredible. I hadn't seen her since, um, since the pandemic started. I hadn't seen her since October 2019. Um, so it was incredible to see her in person and I went to four shows and we went to two concerts. I mean, it was nonstop. Um, and then I got back from that trip and I was so tired, um, which I think is the opposite of how vacation is supposed to work because I did so much there. I had meetings, I had, um, all this stuff that I had to do and friends that I hadn't seen in, you know, almost three years. So It was a lot, but uh, it was incredible, and um, I'm so happy I went, and now I'm already like, okay, when can I get back out there? Um, But I did see four shows. I saw, what I see? Okay, I saw uh, Moulin Rouge right before um, the latest three OG members who were leaving left, and so that was amazing. Um, Aaron Teve is incredible. I think that's how you say his last name. A friend corrected me at, at brunch, and I think it's Aaron Tave. 
anyway, his voice is insane. Um, but it was so good and such a fun show, and I definitely cried. But it's pretty easy to make me cry in the theater because I get so emotional seeing people perform that I just automatically start sobbing. Um, <laughs> what else did I see? I saw Chicago, which was so fun. Pamela Anderson is playing Roxy Hart right now. I think she's still playing it. Um, and, you know, for a woman who has, like, never been on Broadway, I was super impressed by her. Um, and it was fun to see her in in that type of role. I mean, it's she's perfect for that type of role. But it was fun to see her explore that side. And it's funny, I, when I got back from New York, I watched Pam and Tommy. And um, I know that she, I'm pretty sure that she was not happy about that show being made. But it did make me appreciate even more being able to see her on Broadway um, and, and re- relate to her a little bit more. Um, I saw Birthday Candles, which is a new a new play. And I'm kind of upset it didn't get any Tony noms, but I'm going to get over it. Um, if I think it's still playing. If you're out in New York, go catch that before it goes because I was a sobbing mess. I mean, when I say that I was a sobbing mess, I had tears streaming down my face consistently for the last 20 minutes of the show. Like it did not stop. Um, when it ended, I was there alone. I saw all of these alone. But um, <laughs> when it ended, I looked to the woman who was sitting next to me. It, she was there alone too. And we both looked at each other like, what the hell just happened? What, what just, what did we just watch? It's just such a, um, it's a touching, touching story. Um, and it's beautifully performed by Deborah Messing. She doesn't leave the stage once the entire show. And that to me is, some incredible freaking acting and stamina. Um, highly suggest. And then I saw another show. What was it? Oh, I saw, <laughs> I saw Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. That's what I saw. Um, I think parents don't realize that it's like a three hour play because during intermission, I'd say like an eighth of the audience left. Um, cause it is, it's a very, very long play. Um, and it's cool. I mean, the magic is awesome. The choreography is beautiful. Uh, the story kind of feels like a fever dream. And I know I'm probably late to the party on saying this, but yeah, it feels like a fever dream. Um, but it was a fun show to see and I'm glad I got to see it, especially now that it's one play instead of two. I don't know that I could have done the two because that just seems like a lot for such a, um, such a strange (laughs) storyline. Anyway, that's my recap on on the shows. What else is going on? I'm reading a couple books right now. I'm reading Three Women. I forget who it's by. My best friend um, had me buy it when we were in New York. And I've been a really bad reader lately. Like, I love reading, but I've been really bad at it lately because I have so many things going on. And I just... I just go through those phases where I can't focus and this entire year I've just not been able to focus on reading. I think I've maybe gotten through like three books this entire year, which is so unlike me. Um, but I'm reading that right now and I'm reading, um, um, it's, it's this book about texting, texting language. And I heard about it from the podcast Girls Gotta Eat and I think it's called How to, How to Speak in Thumbs. If I'm not mistaken, I think it's called How to Speak. I'm going to freaking Google this right now. Sorry, guys. Um, And that's a really interesting book. It's cool because there's so many screenshots of text messaging. Um, 
and you kind of get this this overall look of like how we communicate with each other these days, um, especially in dating. So that's been interesting. It's called Speaking in Thumbs, A Psychiatrist Decodes Your Relationship Text So You Don't Have To by Mimi Winsberg. Um, And so I've been reading that and it's really good. Um, And that's it. I think that's all I have for you right now. I've been watching The Staircase. That's on HBO Max, I think. Um, All the streamers make me so confused. You should watch that, Colin Firth. Um, as Michael Peterson is blowing my mind. Um, what else? Oh, also Under the Banner of Heaven, because I'm a major Andrew Garfield fangirl. Love him. Uh, that's on FX, but I watched on Hulu. So, so good. Anyway, let's get to the show. Okay, y'all. Today we have Brayden De La Garza. He is the star of one of the stars of the new Disney Plus series, The Quest. This show is so cool. It's like they took immersive theater and put it on television. And I am here for it. As a person who has been in immersive theater and goes to immersive theater all the time, this is revolutionary. I was so excited to speak to Brayden about this process that they went through. Um, So here's my conversation with Brayden. And welcome to the show, Mr. Brayden De La Garza. Hello. Welcome. I'm so excited to talk to you today. I'm so excited for your new show. Um, I think it's going to be so cool. Uh, but before we talk about that, uh, I'd love to talk to you a little bit about growing up in Texas and what made you get that um, that acting bug. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I grew up in Dallas, Texas, which is not the, you know, biggest place for you know the arts and entertainment uh it's more oil than anything (laughs) um but uh yeah I remember when I was a kid I was probably six or seven uh my mom was a big daytime tv watcher Mm. so I would always sit in bed with her and watch like army wives and desperate housewives all the wives all the wives yeah and um I remember being a kid and just like watching other kids my age on those shows and one day it just like clicked to me I was like that's not who they actually are they're (laughs) they're a character and I thought it was like the coolest thing ever that that was a thing um and I think that's kind of when I first was like that's something I want to do one day um but you know as a kid like like everybody there was like a period of time where I wanted to be like a marine and then yeah. like a period where I wanted to be a baseball player uh-huh. and everything. Uh, <laughs> For me it was well, always I wanted to be a, a chocolate factory owner and a dolphin trainer at the same time. At the same time. Yeah. That would that sounds like a good time. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think I, I think I was in like middle school, probably like 10 years old uh, and there was like an audition for uh, the school play. I remember it was a play called Promedy. And I, I'm sorry, Promedy? Promedy, Okay, yeah. what is this? Tell me everything. <laughs> it, was this, it was a play just about a, a high school prom and, a, you know, a bunch of stuff goes wrong and it's just like a little middle school comedy. But I, I remember even at 10 years old thinking it was strange that we were doing a show where it specifically says we were at a high school prom, yeah. but these kids are 10 years old. Uh, <laughs> But uh, yeah, I, I remember I, I went in, I'd never auditioned for anything. And it was, I mean, nothing like the auditions I do now. But uh, I went in and I was really nervous. And uh, I remember I, I read the script 
And immediately following that, I asked the director, who's now a close friend of mine uh, years <laughs> later, but I just straight up said, so did I, am I in the play now? Like, I, I was like, so, so I, was that it? Um, and she had to say no. And I actually didn't end up getting into that. Play. Oh, no. Um, and I guess I just looked too young to be in, in prom. What What are the chances? So bizarre. <laughs> um, but yeah, then, you know, from there I kept auditioning for little school stuff. And through high school, you know, I, I did plays and musicals, um, which were fun. And then I was probably 16 and I kind of decided um, everyone's plan was just like, I'm going to go to high school uh, and act in high school and do shows. Then I'll go to college for theater and do high school Mm -hmm. theater, you know, college theater. And then that's when I'll kind of start, you know, the Mm -hmm. professional acting is once I, I graduate college. And I remember it was the night before... Uh, in Texas, we do a little thing where it's like you go and you audition for like every college all at one time. So it's like and, a showcase of of some yeah, sort. Exactly, it's like it's like a college showcase. And I remember I had signed up and and like paid to get in and everything. And the night before, I just like wasn't feeling it. I had kind of already started to submit myself on stuff like Actors Access, um, and I was just like, it just didn't feel. I didn't feel like. I should be going to college for theater mm. and doing that whole thing and waiting to st- I, I wanted to like hit the ground running. Um, I remember um, just like thinking back to like my seven year old self watching Desperate Housewives and being like, okay, this was kind of a risk, but I'm glad I'm, I'm doing work that's working more towards that. Um, so you, you decide to skip the acting college route, which you know, I think it's right for some people. I didn't do it. I, I'm i in college now, finally finishing a degree, but I didn't do the acting college thing. I know some people do and some people don't. It's totally a, it's a really personal choice. Um, but what was your next move? Did you say, okay, I'm going to move to LA and I'm just going to like go for it? So I, I wanted to. That was like, I wanted the second I graduated high school, I wanted to move to LA. I just, I, I, but I just didn't have the money. Like I was like, yeah. I don't have the money to get there. Um, and I'm very thankful for my parents and being like, um, you know, we're not going to bankroll you to do whatever you want. If you want this, you're going to work hard and you're going to do it yourself. Uh, which at the time, you know, was like annoying. As a teenager, you're like, you're ruining my life. Exactly. But um <laughs> No, I'm very happy that they did that because it really taught me a good work ethic and it makes me appreciate being able to live in L.A. even more. But I, I yeah, I just, I, I took these classes and I would audition on that for anything I could find on Actors Access. I didn't have any representation or anything. Um, and it's like, I remember the first thing that I ever booked was like the background extra in a local bike shop commercial. And I Amazing. remember like, I called like my entire family. I was like, <laughs> I am in a commercial. I, was, like, I, I was so, made it. <laughs> I was so excited. Um, but I, yeah, it was like little stuff like that. And then every once in a while, like I would get on something that would have a few lines or, or something like that. And um, I, I booked this movie. It was called Run, Hide, Fight. Um, and it was my first like SAG thing. And I got, I had six lines in it, I believe. And um, 
from there, I kind of, I, I was in wardrobe, uh, changing out of costume after I shot my scenes. And another guy, his name's Joel Michaeli. I love this man. Uh, <laughs> he, he was getting into wardrobe and we started talking. And he looked at me and he was like, do you live in L.A.? And I was like, no, I really want to. And he's like, oh, well, you should. You would be, <laughs> you have a great look. You need to move to L.A. like now. And I was like, he was just so forward about it that it took me off guard. And he was like, you know, I really like you. And uh, I have a friend. Uh, her name is Danielle Alfiero. And she works in casting for the CW. And I'm going to send her a picture of you and have you audition for a new show that's coming. And I was like, wow. what? Like, it was the most, I was blown away by that. And so I remember I drove home from set, like, freaking out. And he called me and said, um, I didn't get a good picture while you were here. Pull over and take a selfie. And so I literally <laughs> a selfie of me on the side of the road, like, that I sent to this man. And casting somewhere has it. Um, but Amazing. I was I was freaking out. I went home, told my dad about it. And I was sitting on the couch, just like kind of waiting for a call to see like about this audition. And so I get a call from an LA area code and I'm, I freak out and I'm too nervous to answer it. So I just let it go to voicemail. I'm like, they <laughs> I was like you can just go to voicemail. I'll listen to it and call you back. Thinking it was casting. Um, and I listened to the voicemail and it is my manager now. His name's Eric Kind. He called me and said, hi, my friend Danielle Afiero sent me a little blurb about you and I'd really like to meet with you. Um, are you going to be in LA anytime soon? And I like freaked out. I was like, first I thought the audition that I was going to get was the coolest thing I'd ever experienced. Just like getting to audition for something like that. Yeah. Um, and then here I have out of the blue, a manager, um, a good manager that wants to reach out and have a meeting. And I was just like, it all came out of nowhere. And, and luckily, I, I had some family that were in L.A. And I was actually flying to L.A. the next week to go spend Thanksgiving with them. Wow. Good timing. It all worked out. And I went out and I, I met with Eric. And he he was great. And he was like, I, I'm really about cultivating new talent um, because I, I don't want you to wait until you've booked something big and then find reps because they're just going to want to take your money. Like I'm, mm -hmm. I'm here for you and I want us to have a relationship through your whole career. And I was like, that's great. I love that. And, and I signed with him. You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Do you like science fiction? I'm Carrie Bechet, and if you loved movies like Arrival or Interstellar, then you're going to want to check out my podcast, Hyperthetical. 
On Hypothetical, we tell speculative sci-fi stories interwoven with real science. New episodes every Tuesday, available wherever you get podcasts. Um, and then from there, you know, it was, it was, you know, naively, I was like, well, here, I made it. I'm going to get an audition. I'm for- here. Can somebody hire me now? Yeah, I was like, I'm going to get a huge audition next week. Uh, yeah. I remember I got an audition <laughs> for a movie that's coming out. It's called Babylon. And it's like with, with Brad Pitt and Margot Robbie and all these huge names. It was my first audition I ever got with him. Uh, and I found out later, you know, it was a big open call. But uh, I, I remember I freaked out and I sent in my audition. And I thought to myself, I was like, well, I'd say my chances are probably like 50-50. Like, I, I was like, so, <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was so confident that I was going to, like, I had a good shot at booking my first ever audition for anything. I and mean, I was, confidence, man. That's that's half the battle. So it's a good thing that you have it. <laughs> I was like, oh, I got a pretty good shot at this. Um, and yeah, but even then I had no credits to my name. And yeah. so it was kind of hard for me to get out for auditions. Um, and I was still submitting myself on Actors Access. And then, uh, yeah, uh, at a certain point, I booked the quest, which was its, its own really interesting story on how that happened. But um, yeah, and then from well, there... I want to get into that in a second. But I, I do want to touch on the fact that it's it's um, it's such a good story of how you got your manager and how you got out here. Because I think a lot of um, actors, especially newer actors, are hesitant to take those roles that are only like one or two lines or anything like that because they're like well that's not enough for me yeah and the problem the problem with that is that you're you're not um you're not learning and especially if you're new in this industry it's it's best to learn on set um because you can take a thousand classes you can put in all the work possible but it's an entirely different thing to be with other actors on set with directors with producers with everything going on and it's how you build your community it's how you build these connections is just being on set and it doesn't matter if it's two lines or you have every line in the whole thing as long as you're there and you're committed things will happen it will lead you to a different point because now you've met new people who are going to help you as long as you're like a kind person (laughs) Yeah. yeah definitely and I think I think one thing that I realized through just you know taking really any role I could get was that the more you're on set and the more comfortable you are on a set, the better you can act because you're not focusing yeah. on the nerves around it. And so I, w- I would tell any young actor, um, well, I am a young actor. like I'm. <laughs> People who are younger than you, geez. Yeah, <laughs> what like, are you? Are you Gen Z? Are you millennial Gen Z? 21. So, so. so you're, you're a Gen Z. Okay. Yeah. But, Who's younger uh, than Gen Z? I don't know, but go ahead. <laughs> uh i i um i would tell anyone just like go on set like be an extra don't be scared to be in it like yeah. it's just getting familiar with the like the lingo that's on set there's so many things that just like and how people talk on set that i think mm-hmm. you got a big role and people came up to you and i mean just reading a call sheet like all these things that yeah. would make all me the things that you need to know yeah. prior and- to getting that big thing yeah. Because when you when you do get that big thing, you want to be able to be on set and be a professional and and know what you're doing and have some semblance of like confidence with yeah. all these large sets and things. Um, I don't know who it was. It was a was it Michael Caine. I saw I saw a clip the other day of of a 
actor talking about this and saying he had a friend growing up who like or in his early years of acting that would like only take certain roles that like spoke to him and like that he thought was going to be, you know, life changing. And he, he would just take every role because he was like, no, I'm learning. And even if it's shit, I had fun making it because this is what I like to do. And I think that's such an important message because it's so easy to get like wrapped up into in our brains and think like, this is what my career needs to look like because this other person had a career like this where it's yeah. just like you should just do what you want to do and have fun with it because that's the whole point yeah and i think i think you know the way that we look at acting you know from from an outsider's perspective is you really only hear about the big big actors um mm-hmm. that you know you hear stories of them picking and choosing what they want to do and it, it gives this false sense of like that's how i should look at it but you know 99.9 percent of actors aren't you know millionaires making big <laughs> movies they're just like trying to get by it's and the people who do two co-stars a year and are like hey i made it yeah exactly like, because you're making a living on it somehow yeah. as long as like that's as long as i can make a living doing something i don't need i don't need to be a millionaire i don't need yeah. all this stuff you know that'd be great it's a great added perk of course but, um you know i it's it's something you gotta have a passion for um and i think with that comes i just love being on set i don't care what it is like i just it's i love being around filmmaking so it's like Mm -hmm. if you want an extra role or like even when i did the quest the the day i got back or maybe the the next day uh the next job i did was i was in a background extra in a commercial for a local casino like i was right yeah back that I was not like well I've done I've been the lead in a Disney Plus show and now I'm I'm above these things like no I I just wanted to be back on a set I mean yeah they are addicting it's a it's a major adrenaline rush yeah. like major yeah. adrenaline rush it's yeah. yeah I mean let's let's talk about the quest a little bit because this is such an interesting concept mm-hmm. I personally have acted in some immersive theater shows Mm-hmm. So I want to know what it's like to be in an immersive television show. Yeah, it is very, it was, it's, it's hard to explain like getting onto it and how, how you, you perform in it because it's still like terrifies me to even think about, it, even though I did it. <laughs> it's, it's, I'll kind of break it down from, from a script perspective first. When, when we get the scripts for the episodes, um, it, it looks like a regular script, except there are portions where it'll have in big black letters, uh, reality break. And mm. that, what that means is pretty much we have a script and there's, there's probably a good 50 to 60% of the show that doesn't have any reality stuff or like the, the teenagers that are in the show, they're called paladins. A good, you know, 50% of the show doesn't have them in it. And it's a scripted, mm. regular story. So, uh, you know, on the day, they, they just kind of, the, the kids will come in and we have that point A and point B and we just got to improvise with them. Which is very like curb your enthusiasm yes. type of acting where it's like, here's the outline, get there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and... Yeah, I, I can remember like on on the first day of shooting, uh, we did kind of like an introductory thing, and and it was interesting because of the way it was shot, with these non actors being a part of the show. Um, we had to do everything chronologically, so it made sense in their head. So it was like the first day. Oh, of that's shooting. nice. 
Yeah. Um, and uh, they were coming in. It was like their first introduction into the world. Um, and, and I think one of the best parts of the show uh, is that, you know, it, it's described as like a hybrid reality show. But, you know, I think a better term is like immersive series or like. Yeah, no, it is. It's an immersive yeah. television show. It's it's putting these people into a real like situation and saying, figure it out. It's like playing. Um, oh, what's it called? When the when you like dress up and you have like the character and the whole thing. Like cosplay. Yeah, it's like it's like a cosplay thing. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it it was more like especially from from our perspective, it was more just like a scripted series that utilized improv. Like it was yeah. and and in the way that, you know, when when people watch it, like there's no reality show like tropes at all. It's mm-hmm. shot like uh you know, we have the producers from Lord of the Rings. So it's shot wow. cinematically um with the cinematic cameras, aspect ratio, um like it, it looks like it's Lord of the Rings. Um, and there's no, like, there's no elimination. So there's no drama. Like it's, there's oh, no, that's nice. there's no like, like producer interviews where, you, you know, it's, it's. Um, so there's no elimination. So then it is kind of like cosplay where it's like, there's a campaign where you have to like yeah. get to the end of it. Yeah. I think the best way to, to describe it is the, the plot of the show is that eight people come into our world. Like it's like just the that's plot. That's cool. It's, 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 I and mean, that's why I think it's something that's never really been done before. Like, I, I've never seen something where it's, no. it utilizes like the reality of people that aren't actors being in the show, but it's like not a reality show. It's, it's mm-hmm. a script story. Um, but back to what I was saying, there was a kid who came in on the first day and they kind of start ask, asking us questions. And we have some like scripted responses for certain questions. Yeah. Um, but he comes in and he says, So have you guys heard of K pop? Like, like, what do you guys know about BTS? And we're, we're sitting you have to there. Be like, I don't know what you're saying. Yeah, we're sitting there in like medieval clothes in a throne room in a castle, you know, speaking in British dialects. And this kid just throws BTS. And, and we kind of just have to respond to be like, I don't know what that is. You know, yeah. and, and so like stuff like that was always happening where they throw a curveball at us and we kind of just had to adapt. It's, it's interesting when I did, so I was in this show called Delusion. It's this like interactive horror show in LA and they we'd have audience members come through and we'd have you know this it's this long scripted show but obviously it's the same thing where it's like they'd start to throw curveballs at you where it's like you know we'd be like find this and they'd pull out their cell phone with the flashlight and it's supposed to be like 1930s Louisiana and then all of a sudden you have to be like what is this like what is this contraption you have in your hand like it's it's interesting to have to to be in that immersive um world but it's such a fun exercise as an actor. Yeah, yeah. I I felt like I was kind of thrown in the deep end of acting with it. Yeah. It was my first big thing that I had ever done and it was like so you're going to act, you know, for millions of people on Disney Plus, but also you're going to test your improv skills in mm-hmm. front of the world audience um and i hated doing improv in in like theater and high school and all that so it was well (laughs) it was a big test for me um but yeah and and we had to improvise at all time like because they wanted to keep the illusion up like we would do breakdowns and stuff and and do you know change cameras and stuff and they would kind of just stop everything and tell the kids to pause Mm. Uh, but we as the actors had to stay in character 
so like if they talked to us while we, wait, while we were waiting and they were like so what are these guys doing and we we're like oh they're just the servants they're just messing around they're, those goofy servants with that big <laughs> thing like like it was they i think we we finally broke character after we said cut on like the last shot that they had and Amazing. it was so strange but for for a good two months every time i saw these kids i had to talk in a british dialect pretend i was prince emmett um so i mean normally on the show i would ask you to share like a crazy audition story but i feel like there has to be a wild audition story behind this yeah so i'm just gonna ask you to share this one yeah so um I, I think this is, it's really interesting because I had representation at this time uh, and he was sending me out on, on auditions and, you know, whatever I could get with my lack of credits. Um, but I was still scrolling Actors Access and submitting myself at the same time. And I came across a breakdown on Actors Access that was titled Untitled Adventure Show for Undisclosed Streaming Service. And I remember- Gee, how specific. <laughs> Yeah. And I remember I remember reading the breakdown and it said British dialect is is required. And I had never mm-hmm. done like I've done Scottish and Irish and like I played Gomez and the Adams family. So I got a bunch of different ones, but I'd never done British. And I was like, I don't I don't want to send in something British that I've never done. It's going to be embarrassing. And I scrolled past it. Um, but then the next day I was scrolling on Actors Access again and I saw it again. And I was like, well, you know, I audition for anything I can. I'm going to audition for it anyway, or submit myself anyways. And so I got an audition. Um, I remember I, I did it and I hated it. I thought it was really bad, um, but I was like, I'll send it in anyways, whatever. Um, and about a month later, I got some C-mail uh, about yep. it. They wanted to see, they wanted me to, to read a different script because the ones they had sent me initially were dummy sides. I still didn't know what it was. It was still just Untitled Adventure Show. And I was like, okay, um, that sounds good. I was, I was actually in LA uh, for my birthday. And I remember thinking like, I really don't, I thought my first one was bad. Like, I, I don't really know that I want to read for this because it's I'm bad. Like, I, I just, I was embarrassed to read for it. I was like, I just think it's, I'm going to embarrass myself. And I almost considered not doing it. Um, mm. But, because it's one of those things where it, it, like, it was untitled streaming service. And I kind of got in my own head. And I was like, there's no way I'm going to book something this big anyways. Like, it's, it's not going to be, like, I just shouldn't even try. Um but casting reached out to me and they were like, we really like you. We want to make sure that you're going to read for this. And that really surprised me. Um, so I immediately, That's amazing. yeah, I went home and I, I taped for it uh, again with, with different sides. And then they contacted me to tape again um, for a different character. And then they had me do a Zoom audition where I, I read those sides, um, and then another Zoom audition where I read the other character. So I was, and they told me I was in the mix for both, and I was like, "Well, that's cool. If I just get to this, <laughs> whatever this show is, I'm in the mix. That's awesome." Uh, and then I got to my my final audition. I get a, an email. And they say we want to do another Zoom callback with the producer from the show. Um, but this time he's going to improvise with you, uh, in the audition. And I was terrified. I was like, Oh my God, this is, this is where it ends. This is where it just doesn't happen for me. Uh, so I go and and I, I set everything up and I, I start reading and he doesn't even really warn me. 
much. Uh, it's kind of just like he starts reading the scripted sides and then he just goes off script. Mm. Uh, uh, he's one of our producers. His name's Chris Osborne, and he's he's a friend of mine now. But when he, you know, in the audition, they kind of warned me about it, but it was just like he just went off the script and started improvising, and I had to catch up. And um, I surprisingly think I did really well. I, I remember Lee, like ending that call afterwards and being like, I am surprised by myself. I thought that was pretty good. Uh, and I had a good feeling about it. And then um, I was told I was still in the mix. And my manager called me maybe two days later and was like, hey, so I just got an offer for you to be a lead in a Disney Plus series. Congrats, buddy. And I, and I was like, Whoa. <laughs> okay uh and it was huge i was like i freaked out um and then from there you know i i talked to the producers and they they talked to me through kind of what the show was and uh there was a previous iteration of the show that was a bit more you know reality focused and they were like we want to really try something new with this we're gonna yeah. you know, really hit the ground running with something that's never been done before um and after that we went and shot it and now I'm here talking to you. Oh my God. I'm so excited to watch this. I think it's going to be so fun. I hope you guys get to do more seasons because I think it's like such a freaking cool idea. Um, yeah. So I'm so excited to watch. Um, this is coming out May 12th. So it will be out already. But um, May 11th, everybody should go onto Disney Plus right now and go watch yes. The Quest. Do that yes. right this second. Um yeah. It has been a pleasure talking to you, and I'm very excited to see what you do next, and I hope you guys get to do more episodes. Um, is there is there anything else you wanted to sneak in before we part um, ways? I will, I will sneak in. I'm currently in Vancouver right now, uh, and I'm shooting uh, season two of Cruel Summer, which is nice. a show for Freeform, uh, and it will also be on Hulu and uh be on the lookout for that uh i'm pretty sure by the time this comes out there'll be a cast announcement so i'm not breaking any rules uh about <laughs> casting here um but yeah um be on the lookout for that i'm having fun in vancouver and i think it's gonna be a fun show everyone should tune into that as well when it comes out heck yes and where can everyone follow you on social media to stay up to date on things <laughs> Uh, you can find me at Braden D.L. Garza, so B-R-A-E-D-E-N-D-L Garza, uh, on pretty much all of my social medias. Um, yeah, and I try to post as much as I can. I'm not the best about it. It's probably for the better. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you again so much. It was so fun talking to you, and I can't wait to watch The Quest. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you again to Brayden for coming on the show. We had quite the time trying to get this episode done. So um, thanks for hanging in there with me, bud. Uh, everybody should go watch The Quest. It is out now. It came out today. I recorded a day early, so um, it came out yesterday for you to those who are listening. But it's out on Disney+. Plus. Go watch it. I am so excited to see it. And Brayden, I wish you all the best, and I cannot wait to see what you do. And as always, everybody, thank you for uh, tuning in, for keeping the show up and running and going. Um, you know, help help a girl out. Leave some love. Do the the whole ratings thing and those, those beautiful stars and reviews. I don't know how to say this. I feel awkward every time. Anyway, um, love you all. And uh, make sure you subscribe to the show wherever you're listening to it right now. And as always, thanks for coming in. Hello, dear stranger. 
I'd like to introduce you to something new, or perhaps something very, very old. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine is a horror fantasy medical mystery, following the titular monk turned traveling medical investigator. Follow Radolf as he navigates a nightmare world, in which viruses are gods and the human race are not their favored children. Steeped in history and an aesthetic that can only be described as a combination of occult academia and laboratory Judaica, the heresies of Radolf Burntwine have been described as Umberto Eco meets H.P. Lovecraft. For more information, check out the Patreon at thorb.info. But take care, dear stranger, for some truths are best left unknown.